0: In our world too, a stable once had something inside it that was bigger than our whole world.
1: Amen. Think about that a moment. In this world, present right here today. Narnia is the symbol of the spirit realm. But Lucy was looking and as as Trace was talking about how how, how deep and rich that, that other that second song was the same way. She was saying something really deep and rich right here. That in this world too there was a time when a stable held something. So large. It, it, this was a clo- a quote from the last book um C. S. Lewis wrote in the Chronicles of Narnia of the uh, uh the last battle. And in it they, they go into a stable and the stable is small enough one man <coughs> even remarks that it's small enough to walk around on the outside. But when they walked in the inside, all of a sudden it opened up. It's like it was huge. They were, they were outside again. They were seeing places they had been. And if they could see up into the sky, it was, it was huge. It was like the whole world was contained inside the stable. And then she said, in our world too. There was a time that a stable held something that was bigger than the whole world. And I want you to get this before we have a word of prayer and go on. I want you, I want you to catch this today with me. As is that, is that's the thing is sometimes as we, we realize that that the creator of the universe, this, this, this huge God, he brought himself down to be put inside of a little bitty baby's body to be wrapped up in cl- swaddling clothes and laid in a manger in a stable. Too often our focus gets so small down to that little thing right there. And, w- and we fail to see the, the still the hugeness of who he is, But but Lucy knew it. She saw it in this quote. She said, she said, the stable held something that was bigger than the whole world. And how can that happen? How can, how can something small hold something that is bigger than the whole world? And well, it's because he's God. He can do those kinds of things. And what we have to do is we've got to keep our focus on that is realize that, that when he brings himself down into this small, it's, he's still a great, big, huge God. Let's have a word of prayer, and uh, let's get into this last message, the Narnia series for the, the uh, December sermon series uh, just before Christmas. And and uh, let's, get, let's go back to the manger this morning. Let's look, and uh, let's see that there's a lion in there. In Jesus' name, Lord, we come to you, God, and thank you, Lord. I've got to thank you, Lord, this week, Lord. Another week full of blessings on my life of, Lord, just you helped me, strengthen me. God, you took care of my family, you blessed us this week. Great things, Lord. Uh, God, good reports. God, good things all week long. You've taken care of us, Lord, met needs, opened doors. God, just great things. I just thank you for that. And, God, they're, they're, I've got friends and and uh, church family members here right now, God, and, and uh, God, uh, acquaintances, people I'm just now meeting, Lord, that, God, that, they're struggling with some things, and today, God, they've come to church. This is this is uh, the Christmas season, Lord, and our our attention is focused on you already. And God, we we just need you to help us, Lord. I pray, God, that you call us today, call us back to the side of the manger, and remind us, Lord, uh, of who you are, what you are, what you can do, and want to do in us, Lord. I I pray your Holy Spirit, God, to just just uh, in in this place today, God, just do a great work because. Lord, there is somebody here today that is struggling with a battle. There's someone here that is struggling with a problem that is, God, that is someone here even today that has doubts, Lord, and and confusion, Lord, in their mind. And I I pray, God, that you just erase all that. I pray, Lord, that you just speak a word of, of truth and wisdom and understanding and peace, God, and joy into us today and remind us, Lord, of all that you are, all that you can be in our lives. If we'll just, if we'll just open it back up, God, and allow you to be the big God that you are, Lord, instead of, Instead of this, this, small thing that the world tries to make you, I pray, God, that you would call to us again and that you would hear our call today to you, God, for the needs that we have in our life. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said, "Amen." So, here's the first thing I want to get—I want to draw your attention to—is—is—is is, is, is that there was more than a baby in the manger that night. And you know, if you were to go back through all of the sermons that I've ever uh, written and delivered, and and uh, lessons and classes that I've taught on Christmas. Even uh, if you go back and get uh, a magazine and uh, newspaper articles that I've written um, over the Christmases of all these years I've been a pastor and a youth pastor before that. If you would look at those, there would, there would be one resounding theme throughout all of those. I mean, you might not see it in every one of them, but you'd see it over and over and over. And it is this, that, that it's more than a baby that's laying in a manger. He's not just a baby and, and that's the way the world looks at him often. I mean, they, they see this baby laying in a manger and they, they accept that, and they see the baby. I mean, you know, we've got him. I mean, he's up and down the street. I mean, you see people, you know, they've got uh, nativity scenes in their front yards, and Mary and Joseph and the babe, and, you know, shepherds, wise men, camels, you know, who, who knows what we have, the live nativity scenes. Uh, uh, you know, we hang the pictures, uh, you know, all over the place for Christmas, and and everybody gets that as they get that. But it's more than a baby that was in the manger, and Lucy got it. I mean, that's what she was saying is is there was a time that that stable held something so much Bigger than that. In 1999, uh, as, the, as the century was closing out, the millennium was closing out, Time Magazine was picking its man of the millennium. And you probably can guess who it was because, I mean, you know, I'm about, to, if I ask you that on the street, you might come up with a dozen different names. You might, you know, mention some presidents or some people like that. But uh, we're, we're here at Christmas season, we're in church, so you've got an idea. I'm, they're probably picked Jesus, right? Well, they did. And the magazine cover right here. And, and, and here's, and this is, this is a secular magazine. Y'all have heard of Time, right? Everybody's heard of Time, you know? I mean, this, this is not something that, you know, somebody's producing in their, in their basement. I mean, this is a, this is a big secular magazine. And listen to what they wrote about Jesus. They said the single most powerful figure, not merely in these two millenniums, but in all human history has been Jesus of Nazareth. Even a secular magazine has to admit. You take an objective look at it. I mean, you look at the world today. You take an objective, objective look at it. And everyone has to admit there has been no man that has had more impact, more influence in all of human history than Jesus Christ. But you know what? They're still selling him short. Because they're only looking at it from a, a physical viewpoint, they're looking at it from this world. You know, they hadn't stepped over into Narnia, which is you know symbolic of that spirit realm. They they haven't even stepped over there to see what see what Jesus is doing in the spirit realm and and how he's impacting people's lives in the spirit realm and and, and giving victories and and giving wisdom and helping us with with the things that we struggle with in the spirit realm. They don't even see that. But even on the physic physical world side of it. The secular world has got to say he's the one with the most influence. I and mean, in the spirit world, hands down, there is, there, is no one, there is no one that even compares. I mean, there's not even anyone I can think of, any man I can think of, that we could say had any kind of impact. I mean, I don't even know who would be second to Christ in the spirit realm. So here, here's, here's the first thing. I want you to get this first because before you can see that there's a lion in the manger, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to realize that it's more than just a baby. The the whole world sees this, and I want you you to catch this right here, is is to believe that there's more that is there. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7 says, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. And verse 7 goes on to say, in The increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Did you, did you see all that right there? His name will be called. He's wonderful. He's Counselor. He's Mighty God. He's the Everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. He, he's called by m- many other names throughout Scripture. He's the uh, the. Lily of the Valley, as a lot of people have called him because, in Scripture it calls him that because, you know, when we go through tough times, a lot of times we call those valleys, you know, low spots in our lives, dark places. And then we get in those places and what do we find? We'll find a lily, you know, something of beauty and a, uh, something of purity that is still there, that giving life in the middle of our valley. He, he's the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the Savior of the universe. His name was Jesus because he was going to uh, to deliver his people. His name was Messiah. Because he was the one that was, that was looked for and anticipated that he would deliver us from the problems and set us free. You know, he, he is all of these things. And it is, so it is more than just a baby that is laying in the manger today. All of society, everybody in this whole world, I doubt there's anyone in this world that doubts that Jesus was born in Bethlehem and when he was born that he they actually existed that he he was born as a baby as a human being that there was a a man who lived named Jesus Christ there's probably no one that doubts that I mean there's too much historical evidence for anybody to doubt that and most people then believe that he lived and most people even believe that he died on the cross of Calvary but there are few that that there are few that don't believe that he rose from the dead on the next day and there are some that don't believe that he really was the Son of God, and that He was God that has come in the flesh. But hey, you and I, we're the Christians, right? I mean, that's who we are. That's where we are. We're the church. And like Trace was saying, he was challenging us. Hey, we need to tell the story. What story do we need to tell? We need to tell this world. It wasn't just a baby. There was more than just a baby. He was the savior of the world. He was all of these things. He was, he was the lion of the tribe of Judah as Aslan in the Chronicles of Narnia symbolizes Jesus Christ in the same way. We need to tell this world. You and I are the ones and we need to believe. Everybody believes that there's a baby in the manger, but you and I, we need to believe. Look again. Gaze back again listen again and understand that there was more than a baby in the manger that night. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the king of kings and the Lord of lords was born and laid in that manger that night in a stable. So let me take you to a clip from the new movie that uh, just released uh, last week. And in this, Reepy Cheap, uh, uh, the talking mouse that we introduced you to last week, and if uh, you're totally lost about all these talking animals, hey, this is, uh, uh, this is, uh, C.S. Lewis was a Christian author that, that uh, decided to write this, this book of six chronicles of Narnia. As a, basically as a fantasy example of the gospel of Jesus Christ so kids would understand it. And that's what these movies are based on. So if you, so if you hadn't been introduced to these talking animals yet, that's where we're at. We're in Narnia. We're in the, the spirit realm, okay? And Reepicheep Cheep is, is talking about something that is inside of him that is looking for something more.
0: To find all that you seek, there is the utter east. Oh, thank you. A dryad sang it to me when I was just a mouseling. I can't define the meaning, but uh, I've never forgotten the words. What do you think's past Lone Island's reef? Well, I've been told the furthest east one can sail is to the end of the world, Aslan's country. Do you really believe there's such a place? Well, we have nothing if not belief. Do you think you could actually sail there? Well, there is only one way of finding that out. I can only hope I will one day earn the right to see it.
1: (laughs) Your Majesty. Throughout the Chronicles of Narnia, there is this desire for something else. The four kids, uh, Lucy and her three siblings, I mean, in them, it's always, I want to get back to Narnia, I want to get back to Narnia, I got to get back to Narnia, they want to be in Narnia, Narnia is the place where things make sense, we, we preached about that two weeks ago, when we talked about the spirit realm, that that other world, it's, you know, our life here on this earth right now, just so much of it, it doesn't add up, it doesn't make sense, it's, it's confusing, I don't know why this person does this and that, you know, and it, it's just not right, and but in the spirit realm, things make sense, as they they want to get back to Narnia. And here, Reepicheep is talking about uh, about another land. He's in Narnia, but he's wanting to go to another land, and he's believing that there's something else out there—that Aslan's country, which is symbolic of heaven, and it exists as well. And, and Lucy says, "Do you do you really believe that it exists?" And he says, "We have nothing. If we don't have belief, if you don't have belief, you don't have anything." Paul said it this way: "If I have hope in this life only, I'm all, I am of all men most miserable." If this is all there is, if I if I can't look beyond what I'm experiencing today, then man, I'm 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 going to be miserable about that. Of it, uh, some of you are dealing with some heavy stuff in your life. Amen. Come on, some of you are dealing with some. And if this is all there is, oh come on, you need to you need to get a hold of Reapy Cheap's message right here. He say, if I don't have hope of a better tomorrow. If I don't have a hope of an eternity, if I don't have hope of a spirit realm with him and I don't have hope of an eternity with him, then I'm also miserable like Paul and then I realize I don't have anything if I don't have belief. And So there's this, there's this thread of of this hunger. Throughout the Chronicles, the books, there's this thread throughout the stories, there's this thread of hunger, of, of hope, of desire, of wanting something more. And finally, uh, finally Lucy is speaking to Aslan later, and, and she finally says to him, you know, because because it's always about I want to get to Narnia, I want to get to Narnia. And Lucy finally says to Aslan, she says, It's not Narnia, you know, it's you. And I want to remind you of that today because we can so often get caught up in all the other stuff around us. Even the good spiritual, Christian church stuff. We can get caught up in our own fellowship and say, Man, this is awesome and wonderful. And it all become about fellowship. We can get caught up in, you know and hey, getting into the spirit realm. That's why we, you know, we're like we're like Lucy and her brother, brothers and sister. We 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 like to get caught up in that. I mean, that's why we like to just stand and worship God. And sometimes, you know, I mean, sometimes I'll just let you guys sing and I'll just close my eyes and I'll just I'll just kind of like enter into that that into that spirit realm for a little while and just and just be with Him and just enjoy that. But if I'm not careful. Even that can become something filling this hole and this hunger that is inside of me because that's not even it either. Because it's not about getting to the spirit realm for a few moments and it's not about, it's not about just enjoying uh, an awesome time for a moment. It's not about just having great fellowship and listening to a good sermon and, and all those things, you know, what, it, what it's all about. It's like Lucy said, it's not about Narnia. It's about you, Aslan and Aslan, symbolizing Jesus. It's about Jesus. The hole that is in you will never be filled until you fill it with Jesus, because that's all it's about. And I, I know we say preaching to the choir because I know most of you are probably Christians, but I'm, remi- I know who I'm talking to. And I'm challenging you Christians. I'm reminding you that if you're not careful, you'll fill it with church. You'll fill it with religion. You'll fill it with music. Hey, you can can fill that hole with music and keep filling. And say, man, this feels good, so everything's all right. But it's not about the music, and it's not about church, and it's not about religion, and it's it's not about the fellowship. It's about Jesus. And she understood that. And she kept pointing and saying, it's about him, it's about him, it's about him. This is what the hunger is. In Luke chapter two, you remember the story. That's the Christmas story, right? And I remember when I was a kid, I had to recite. I don't even remember what I had to recite. It's something at church, I guess, a Christmas program, and I had to learn it. Man, I, I still rattle it off. I think I did a couple weeks ago. You know, there were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field. Heard it a couple weeks ago when we were uh, watching the, the Charlie Brown Christmas. You know, and Linus said, "I know the true meaning of Christmas," and he got up and just recited it. You know, I can, I can go through it word for word. You know, and it gets through there. And, uh, I've known it since I was a kid. You know, we know this, and we know this, and we know this. And, and but still, you know what I do is I dig into it, and still, you what I see is I still see new things all the time. And, and, and here, here's, there's, there's, there's a word that I want to point out to you that is after the, 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 the angels come to the shepherds and the shepherds are scared. And the angel says, don't fear, we're bringing you good news. And then they start giving them good news. They start seeing, and you know, the shepherds are amazed at all of this. And they tell them that there is born in, and they don't say, they don't even use the word baby. They, they're used. They use the word there is born this day in the city of David, a savior. Which is Christ. They don't say, hey, there's a babe in a manger. No, they do later. But they, they say, hey, there's a savior that has been born. And, and he, and he's in, and he's in a stable in Bethlehem. That, that's, and they start singing and glorifying it. And when all the angels have gone back into the heavens, you know what the shepherds do? They don't reach for a bottle and say, oh, man, I got some bad whiskey or something. They don't reach for their pills or say, man, I'm having a nervous breakdown right now. Hey, did you see what I just saw? I got to check. Was this thing for real or whatever? They don't start just talking or talking it around to everybody else. They don't start just telling the news. But you know what they do? The word says right here, it says that they saw the star. I'm sorry, uh, Luke Luke 2. It says, and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. It says they came with haste or, or they they hurried off. New, the New International Versus says they hurried off. They hurried to find this thing. You know why? I I meant if, if their if their focus and their attention had been somewhere else, you know, they might have they might have picked up the phone, you know, called the local TV station, said, hey, you got to hear what we got a report for you. And I know this was before TV, but just think about it for a moment. If their their mind and focus had been on other things, they would have done all kinds of other things. But what did they do? They immediately, as soon as the angels were gone, they hurried down back to, to Bethlehem into the stable to find this babe. Why? Because there was a hunger inside of them. And you've got this, every, every human that's ever been born has this same hunger. And in Matthew chapter 2, you remember we we, we call them sometimes the three kings, you know, we three kings from orientar, uh, you know, Orient are the far east or whatever. You know, and, and there weren't necessarily three. We don't know how many there are and don't mean to bust your bubble. If you've got three sitting on your mantle at home, I don't, you know, that's okay. It might be three, but it could be a bunch of them. We, all we know is, and the reason people think that's because they there are three gifts mentioned. Well, they could have brought a bunch of all of it. Who knows? But they come from a long ways away. And I, I've read where people have tried to figure out how much money it cost them, how many days it took. Well, the first problem is we don't know how far they came. And we don't know what, how big an entourage they brought with them. You know, if they brought just a couple of servants, you know, it wouldn't take that much. But if they brought, you know, if they were, as some people say, they were actually kings or rulers, well, then they probably brought huge entourages, all three of them. And so then they had to have... They had to have food and you know money to buy more food or whatever you know and hey it wasn't you know it wasn't like today there's not a McDonald's you know around every aces through the desert you know you gotta you gotta uh, provide for yourself and so there was a whole lot they had to do to, and so they, they come all this way and they spend all this time to get there and they they bring these presents and and they come in and they and, and it says verse ten that when they saw the star they rejoiced with exceeding great joy and then it says they come in and they and they bring their gifts and their gifts were gold and frankincense and myrrh, very very expensive gifts you know they probably didn't bring them a gold coin. I mean, they brought him gold. Who knows? You know, a a box of gold or, uh, you know, they might have brought bags of gold or, you know, who knows what they they brought to him. They brought gold and frankincense and myrrh, very costly gifts. And when they get there, do you know what they do? It's right there in the middle right here. It says they fell down and worshiped him when they saw him. You know, and I was thinking about this with with these three wise men. They've come from so far. They've done so much already by just giving all this time to be there, of of preparing this, 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 this trip to go and see him and then bringing the gifts and, and bringing the gifts to him and handing to him, you know, it'd be really easy to have an attitude like, well, look, we've done already all of this. Now, you know, you guys can take it from here. You know, you ever give a gift to somebody and, and they, maybe they don't really accept it in the spirit you wanted them to and you, and you walk away thinking, well, they've probably wanted me to bow down and kiss their feet. You know, I gave them the best I could give and it still wasn't enough, you know. And, and I went, these guys could have had that same attitude of, hey, we've come all this way, we've done all of this and we brought you these big gifts, but there was still one more thing they had to do. And you know what it was? It was the most important thing is they had to give themselves. And, and it said they bowed themselves before the manger, before Jesus Christ. They bowed themselves before this job because you know what they realized? You know what they recognized? They recognized this was not just a babe. They recognize it was the Lion of the Tribe of Judah, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Savior that they have been looking for all of these many years. They realized that there was more in this in this uh, in the arms of this mom than just a baby. It was the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so, you today, to, uh, I've, I've got to encourage you to, to to believe, believe that He's more, believe that there's more in in, in this in this stable, believe that there's more in this manger than just a babe. The whole rest of the world believes that. But these three guys, these three magi, these, 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 these kings from the east, these, these uh, wise men from afar, for some reason they knew, that, they knew that this was a king and they had to give him that kind of honor. I want to tell you this to set up this next clip. I'm going to tell you this. You need to honor him as king. Give him glory. You need, I, I know, when I, when I say this, I, I feel like some people say, I don't really need somebody else in my life telling me what to do. I mean, I've already got my boss and then my boss at home. You know, I don't need somebody else. Tell, I know that's kind of the attitude we get. Can I tell you something? There is, nobody on the, there is nobody in this universe that you need on the throne of your life more than Jesus Christ. You need him to be king. And, and you know, the people that are around you, the people, uh, uh, that trace is encouraging us to tell the story to, they don't need to hear about a baby. They need to know there's a king. So king. so uh, let me, let me set this clip up. Just, I'll just say this real quick is, is this is actually from the first movie. And, um, if, um, If y'all were all big Narnia fans, we probably could cut a lot out of this, but some of you don't know the whole story, so we're going to have to back. So this is about three and a half minutes, okay? It's a little lengthy, about three and a half minutes because it's got to set up so everybody kind of gets it. But This is a a clip from the very first movie, Witch, and Wardrobe, where the four kids uh, end up having a meal and a little bit of after-dinner conversation with Mr. and Ms. Beaver.
0: boy yeah boy i ain't gonna smell it if that's what you want (laughs) Uh, sorry lucy pevensey yes Thank think I gave to Mr. Thomas. Thomas. He got it to me just before they took him. Is right? all right? Further in. What are you doing? She's right. How do we know we can trust him? He said he knows the form. He's a beaver. He shouldn't be saying anything. <laughs> the old girl's got the on. Nice cup of rosy Lee lovely. Now it's merely a trifle, you know. Still plenty to do. I ain't quite finished it yet. Yeah, look, the business one it is, though. Beaver? Is that you? I've been worried sick. Isn't there anything we can do to help Tumnus? will yeah, take him to the witch's house. And you know what they say? There's few that go through them gates. that come out again. Fish and chips! <laughs> but the. Is hope, dear? What's of hope? <coughs> oh, yeah. There's a right bit more than hope. Aslan is on the move. Who's Aslan? <laughs> Who's Aslan? <laughs> you cheeky little blighter! <laughs> what? You don't know, do you? Well, we haven't exactly been here very long. Well, he's only the king of the whole wood. The top geezer. The real king of Narnia. He's been away for a long while. But he's just got back. And he's waiting for you near the stone table. He's waiting for us. You're blooming joking. They don't even know about the prophecy. Well, then... Look. Aslan's return. Tummas Arrest, the secret police, it's all happening because of you. You're blaming us? No, not blaming, thanking you. There's a prophecy. It has long been foretold that two sons of Adam and two daughters of Eve will defeat the White Witch and restore peace to Narnia. And do you think we're the ones? Well, you better be, because Aslan's already freed out your army. Our army.
1: Mr. and Ms. Beaver are, are excited because Aslan, as he said, is on the move. For a child of God, that's, a, that's an awesome thing when Aslan, or Jesus Christ, begins to move. And we've used that term, and some people use it, and it's become so weird, you know. Ooh, God is moving, or whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. i talking about when God... Really begins to move in your life when things begin to change, not not when there's a, a, a tickle up your spine. I'm not just talking about that, but that's awesome, you know. That's cool, you know, for God to let you know His presence is there, and you just kind of feel that. But I'm t- that's what I'm talking about when God really begins moving. People begin to get healed. Marriages begin to be put back together. Oh, he was excited because Tom or Aslan is on the move. He he's returning. He was excited because he he knew what the prophecies were. And then he was amazed that here are these four kids. These, these four kids, they, they are the ones that the prophecy is all about, and they haven't even heard the prophecy. Oh, and isn't that isn't that symbolic of today as well? I mean, there, there are people out there, that, the kings that are out there, people that are in royalty, people that are part of the family, the ones that Jesus Christ died for, the ones that he, he wants to rescue from their sin and rescue from eternal hell. And, and you know what? They haven't even heard the prophecy. They're looking at a baby in a manger, and they don't even understand what it's all about. I can be as amazed as, as Mr. Beaver was. You you don't even see what it's about. And the whole thing is, the whole thing is there. He says, it better be you because Aslan has already filled out your army. He's already getting ready for the battle. Yeah, see, here's 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 a uh, there's a quote and it's in the book that it's not here in this in, in this scene it's kind of used later in in the in the movie but it's not used in this scene and I don't know why because it, it, in the book it's right here with this scene and it fits so much better here and says it's said it a lot better here but Lucy is concerned about meeting Aslan when they start learning who Aslan is a little bit more you know this lion this ruler that's a lion and she's a little worried and she she says is he safe and Mr Beaver says. Who said anything about safe? Of course he's not safe. But he's good. He's the king, I tell you. I love that line. Of course he's not safe. You know, that's what too many people want. Don't? They want a safe God. They want a God who leaves them alone until they show up. Hey, God, don't bother me Monday through Saturday. I'll show up Sunday if I've got any needs. I'll talk to you. and you know, I'll let you know if I need anything, God. But just leave me alone for right now. Listen, you don't need a safe God. The battles I'm facing, I don't need a safe God. I need a God who will risk heaven and earth to win my battle. I need a God like Aslan who who knows, see, they don't even know they've got a battle to fight and what has Aslan already done? He's already pulled together their army. You've got a battle, some of you don't even know you've got a battle to fight tomorrow or the next week or whatever, but you know what? Aslan, uh, Jesus, he sees that battle. You know what he's already done? He has already amassed the army that is going to help you win the battle, for your, give you the victory in your battle. He already sees every, every foe you're going to have to face. He already sees everything and, he, and he's given you the, the gifts and the abilities inside of you that you're going to need and what you don't have yet. He started pulling all of that together so that you can win the battle. And there is no battle that you will have to face that he cannot let you in because he's Haslam, because he's Jesus, because he's God, because he's not a safe God, but he's a powerful God. He's a God with all strength. He's a God with all ability. He's a God with all power. I mean, he came to win everybody. There's not one single thing that has ever defeated him on this earth. He's, he's defeated them all. Every sickness, it's under, it's under the blood because of the, of the stripes that he took on the whipping post. The, the word of God tells us twice that by his stripes we are healed. Every sin, the word of God says he was tempted in all points, in all manner, just like you and I are tempted, yet without sin. Every one of those. I mean, he, he walked the streets just like you and I have to walk today. And he got tired. He got angry. He got mad. He dealt with all those kinds. Everything that you and I deal with, he dealt with. And you know what? The word of God says he's going going to keep doing this until he puts the last enemy completely under his feet, the enemy that is death and hell in the grave. He is going to defeat them as well. And if he defeats them, then you don't have a battle. You don't have anything happening in your life that he can't give you the victory over because he's not a safe God. Oh man, I don't want a safe God. Do you? I just As long as he's good, that's all. Hey, as long as he's good, as long as he's righteous, as long as he's holy, then God do your thing. Show up in my life on Monday too. Not just on Sunday. Because i you know, I got to deal with the boss on Monday. i got to deal with that teacher on Tuesday. Or i got to deal with that bill to pay on Wednesday. Or i got to deal with the doctor's uh, report on Thursday. I need God uh, not to be a safe God. I need Him willing to shake anything up in my life, your life, everybody's life around me to meet my need and give me the stuff that I need. I mean, some of you, you've, you've already kind of said, mm-hmm, a few moments ago. Some of you are dealing with some real stuff. And you need a real God. Not a safe God. Last clip. Hadn't really uh, introduced you to Aslan. You've seen quick little pictures of him. This last clip, you'll get a little bit of an introduction and three things that he says that I want to bring to your attention and we're going to close.
0: This is our last time here, isn't
1: it? Yes. You have grown up,
0: my dear one. Just like Peter and Susan. Will you visit us in our work? I shall be watching you always. How? In your world, I have another name. You must learn to know me by it. That was the very reason you were brought to Narnia. That by knowing me here for a little, you may know me better there. Will we meet again? Yes, dear one.
1: One day. Last night I was finishing this edit, was looking through this one more time and going through my messages and going through my message and my points. I was listening to this and I had the TV off. David was upstairs. It was quiet downstairs, and I kind of got distracted looking at my notes again. All of a sudden, that roar, and I jumped. I mentioned that in this first service, and then I noticed uh, actually when that happened again, several people jumped out there. I don't know if you jumped, but I wanted to bring this thought to you for a moment. That's why you don't need a safe God. You need a God like Aslan. You need a God that is a powerful king that just his roar sends the spirits of hell fleeing from you. That's the kind of God you need that all he's got to do is shake his mane and roar. And the enemy begins to run. He said three things there. Really important to me. Really important just before we come to the front. We'll all close together here in prayer in just a moment. He said... I'm already in your world, but there I've got another name. And you must learn to know me by that name. You know what that name is? Philippians 2 verse 9 and 10 says, God hath highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. That's his name in this world. He's got a bunch of names. And he's got a bunch of names in heaven we don't even know yet. But in this world, his name is Jesus. Secondly, he said, You were brought to this world, this place, this point, to know me here so that you could know me better there. So what's he saying? He's saying, I want you to know me. I want you to know me. Aslan. Jesus, the king of the universe, the, 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 the lion of the tribe of Judah, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And what does he say he wants? He wants you to know him. He's not sitting on a throne with a bunch of servants around him. and just wants you to get a glimpse of him. He wants you to know him. And the thing he said, at the very first thing he said is he said, I will be always watching you. I will always, always, he said, I'll always be watching you. There, there's, another, there's another thing, uh, kind of the, another thread throughout all of the books, all the stories, all the chronicles of Narnia. But there are a lot of times you don't, see, you don't see Aslan a lot. I mean, this was an, the third sermon. At the very end, I kind of introduced you finally to Aslan. You don't see him a lot, but he's always there. His presence is always felt. If you, if you read the stories, you, can, you just get it. You just, and they'll even talk about it. People are doing things in these stories because of Aslan, even though he's not standing there. Because of something Aslan said. Because of a promise Aslan made. His presence is always there. And so the three things that he is saying right here are these. He says, I want you to know me. I want you to know me. I I I want you to know me. And in your world, I have another name. And that name is Jesus and I'm always with you. That's what he wants you to know. He wants you to know that. Can I give you one more little visual? You know, he could have used a lot of different types of animals, a lot of different types of cats from the cat family. He chose lion. And you ever seen a pride of lions, you know, maybe a National Geographic special or something? And that picture right there, that, that is distinct to uh, the species lion. I mean, you won't see, there's something different about that. Uh, that You won't see with other cats. You know what it is? Is that they live in prides. You won't see a group of male tigers all sitting around, lounging together. You won't see a, a group of leopards all get. But you see lions. Look, four male lions in this one picture, in this pride. He chose lions not just to show us the strength, but to also show us that he does want to be with us. I mean, that's something about lions as well, and that's who he is. That was the thing Aslan said in the last clip. I want you to know me. I want you to know me. But I got another name. That name's Jesus, and I will always be with you. Would you stand and come, and let's close together here around the front. Got one last scripture for you, and have a word of prayer and sing a song, be dismissed. Jamie's gonna lead us in a few moments, but again, please don't start singing until you finish praying. Last scripture is John chapter 15 and verse 15. And you know what he calls you and me in John 15:15? You know what he calls us? He doesn't call us servant. He doesn't call us slave. He doesn't call us, you rotten, stinking, filthy thing you are. And he should, for the way we've lived our lives and stuff we've done and the way we've treated him. But what does he call us? What does he call us? I don't call you servant anymore. He says, I have called you friends. That's what he wants. He wants you to know him. He wants you to know him and he wants you to know his name and his name is Jesus and he wants you to know that he desires he's watching and he wants to be with you all the time every day. He wants to be a friend. If you're not a if you're not a Christian if you've never entered into that spirit realm and asked Jesus please I want to I want to that's all you got to do. Just say Jesus I I want you to be my savior. If, that's, if, if, if that ever happens, if that happens to you and you choose that today, please let me know. I've got some material I to put in your hand for some first steps of your first days of walk with Christ. But I want us to take a moment here and listen, if, if you've got that need or any other need you want somebody to pray with you, all you have to do is step up your hand. I mean, I'll be there. If the two of you raise your hand, I've got some people ready to jump over there and, and help somebody else pray. If you've got any need this morning, i, I I really want to pray with you if you've got a need. I want you to close your eyes with me for just a moment.